Let's take a minute and pray today. God, you're awesome. You are absolutely glorious and amazing, and we know that you are sovereign, that you are in heaven, and you've invited us in to your throne room to receive help and mercy in our time of need. And Lord, we need you. We thank you, Lord, for supplying all of our needs, for supplying our, um, our daily bread. And we're thankful that some of that bread comes with frosting on it. God, you give us what we need, and we're just incredibly thankful. And we know we come to you, Lord, because some of your people are hurting. Lord, you know exactly what's going on in Rachel's life in her body. And I'm thankful, Lord, for her testimony, for her sharing her story. But I'm crying out to you, Lord, please heal her. We know that you can, and, and the hard prayer to pray is, is, is that prayer of just saying, Lord, we know that you know what is best, and so you will work in and through Rachel, both in her sickness as well as in her health, but Lord, we know that you could heal her. We learned, Lord, we thank you for Sonny's testimony and song and Brandon's participation in it too and just all the people who you've brought together to thank God for your work in saving. Lord, I pray that you would lead him and guide him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we lift up to you uh, Angie's daughter, Brittany, who, uh, Lord, she's still really young, and she's going in for open-heart surgery this week. And it's scary. So we ask you, Lord God, that you be with Brittany, that you bring healing to her, that you would be with the doctors, and that you would maybe more than anything else. Draw her to yourself and give her peace. Peace that just washes over the anxiety. Lord, we know that there's a whole lot of people in this area, some of them are part of Word of Life Church, Lord, who are, who are mourning. Lord, be with friends and family of of Jack Snow, who passed away suddenly. And as they gather together to, to remember and mourn, Lord, I pray that you would give them comfort. That you would draw them to yourself so that they would know that you're there even in the, especially in the hardest times. Lord, I pray that you would be with those in our church that are just dealing with some hard family stuff. You know exactly what's going on. We just ask you, Lord God, to speak truth into our lives, into our families. Lord, that you would give us ears to hear, that we would really hear your word and your wisdom. Lord, that you would give us eyes to see, to, to see people as you see people, and Lord, that you would give us a heart 
that trusts you. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Please be praying for each other. Okay? Please be praying for each other. We need this. We need this stuff. And, uh, and it is. It's a privilege that, that the Lord brings us together. So please be praying for each other. Uh, today is uh, annual All Church Meeting Day. Um, and and well, wow, there was there was no like, yay! Like, <laughs> well, oh, I get it. I know. Like you heard the meeting part in there, but like it's all church, you know. So you got the all church part in there too. I get it. Business meetings are not always the most exciting stuff. It's a time of year when we um, look back on 2023 and look forward to 2024. <laughs> Uh, that, that we get to uh, kind of look back and remember some of the things that we've done. If you, uh, if you didn't receive one of the annual reports yet, those will be available uh, outside, and, uh, and, and we've got one for every family. Uh, they're, a, they're a ton of fun because you get to cruise through here and see you know, some fantastic pictures um, through the year, and in the, midst, in the middle of all those pictures, there's some words in there too. You know? <laughs> the pictures are what gets you know, most of our attention because because as soon as you see some of those, those pictures, you, it's like you're transported back in time or something back to that moment. And, and it's an opportunity just for us to look at it and, and, uh, and be thankful for who God is and what he's been doing in Word of Life Church. So I encourage you to take a look at one of these. Um, it, I, yes, there will be some, uh, some business-y meeting. Um, one of the things that... Um, that we, are, that we do at our annual All Church Meeting Sunday is that we, we look at like, hey, where is the Lord leading us this year in, in 2024? And really the Lord is, is leading us to focus on the growth that he gives. And I, he's, you know, we, can, we plant the seeds of the gospel yeah, you know, maybe maybe some of you are going to get to you know plant some seeds, uh, you know, just sharing a little bit about God's story, just like Rachel, and somebody else is going to come along and water those seeds. But it's God who produces the growth, and we're going to talk more about that during our uh, annual all church meeting. <coughs> um, the other thing that we're going to do is that this year, 2024, is a uh, it, it's a bit. Of year of us trying some new things. One of those new things is that um, I, Word of Life gets to uh, enjoy the experience of a sabbatical for the first time. And um, uh, the, the elder board and the leadership has given me the opportunity to take, uh, to take a sabbatical this year, which will be starting a couple of weeks after Easter on April 15th. It's a huge privilege. Um, uh, to today, um, at least the pastors within our denomination and stuff like that, uh, um, get included in their call letter is a, a sabbatical uh, once every every seven years, um, and so since since I've been in the ministry for uh, almost thirty, I'm taking my first one. Uh, you know, it's, it's not that I haven't been offered them before. As a matter of fact, I've been strongly encouraged. I thought Phil was going to like break my arm one year. Uh, you know, he was, he was like, "You really need this," and I'm like, "I know." Um, I still don't want to do it. And that's the thing is, I have I can openly confess that I've turned down you know sabbaticals multiple times um, because I don't know how to rest, Sonny. 
I'm getting there, right there. I'm, I'm, I, I talked with Sonny just, you know, just a little bit ago, and he's like, going on a sabbatical. I'm like, yeah. He's like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to talk about it on Sunday. And he's like, oh, cool. So that's why he's still wondering, what's a sabbatical? Well, a sabbatical is a, an extended period of rest. It comes from the word Sabbath. In the Hebrew, it's Shabbat. And, um, and so that word, uh, that word Sabbath in Hebrew means rest. And I don't like rest. I like doing, and yet this rest really isn't my idea. Rest is God's idea. You think all the way back to the very beginning that God created the heavens and the earth and, 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 and he spoke it into existence. How awesome is that? That, that matter existed and then, and, and, there's, and then you know, he creates light and he creates, he separates the, the land from the seas and, and, you know, and he, and he cre- creates the earth and then he's, he's causing vegetation to grow up and he, he creates the sun, the moon, the stars and, and, you know, and then he starts going to work on the, on the animals and he's creating birds and, and he's creating fish and he's creating fish that you can catch through the ice. It's amazing. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then it creates the animals. He says, oh, this is good. And then he scoops up some of that dirt that he made. And he handcrafts a person. And he breathes the breath of life into Adam. And places him in the Garden of Eden, planted just for them. And he said, ah, oh, that's really good. And then he says this, it's in Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Here in the reading of God's word. Rest isn't my idea. Rest isn't your idea. Rest was God's idea. He's the one who started it. And it's amazing to me because I, you know, I, I get it. You, know, you look at everything that God did in creation, but God didn't rest because he was tired. God rested because he was finished. He had finished his work. He had completed his work, and then he rested. And, you know, and it's not, it's not kind of like, when, when, like when I create something or when I do something, I'm like, oh, man, I need a break. Most of the time, I don't even say that. I wait until rest is thrust upon me. Like, it's like I keep going because I have said this before, and honestly, it's just, it's just wrong thinking. My work is never done. 
well, if, if God finished his work, then I, and I'm not God, <laughs> then I'm pretty sure that my work can be finished. God rested from his work because he was finished, because of all of the things that he did, and he said it was all so good, and he said, I'm done. It's finished. And then he took a break. And he took a break to also, for the other reason, is to model it for his creation. You see, we are his creatures. We are his creation. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We're his. He made us. He's breathed the, the breath of life into us. We belong to him, and he knows that we got issues, and so he models rest for us. Matter of fact, it's exactly how we're designed. We are designed to rest, to need rest, and in, and in different intervals. And so you, some of us who really push as hard as we possibly can, push off sleep in, 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 you know, as much as we possibly can. I, have a, I, have a friend, I had a friend in California, and, I'm, and he, used to, he used to do some amazing things in an effort to stay awake for multiple days. He's like, I don't have enough time in the day to do my regular job and renovate my house. And so he would stay awake for three days at a time. I wouldn't want to be around him during those times. Just saying. But he, you know, he's like, I get a lot done. And I'm like, do you? I'm, I'm not sure I want to talk to your family about that. God's designed us for rest at different intervals. And so he's designed us to need sleep. Preferably every day. And different people need different amounts of sleep. My daughter, Brianna, I, you know, like, I, God just designed her need, to need like, way more sleep than I could possibly imagine. You know, like, she just needs more sleep. She always has, you know, like, since she was like that age all the way through. You know? and, um, and so she's a very uh, unusual college student who likes to sleep instead of stay out all night. <laughs> um, but each and every one of us, every day, we need rest. And, and because God looked at, at us and he says, I'm going to also model that, we, that God's people need rest once a week. To take a day to rest. And so God creates the Sabbath. Rest is all God's idea. And so uh, I think when I think of rest, I think about this little video and it just kind of like stays inside of my head. Yeah, I always been around for a long time. I know it too because I like it's in my it's ingrained in my brain. If you watch the longer version, it's just her like just crying. There's like snot involved. It's, it's like it's like a full meltdown. Everyone has their own version of a meltdown. Come on, don't act like you don't. You do. And her brother lovingly asked, "Did you have a nap today?" And she's like, "I didn't." <laughs> and he's like, you need one. <laughs> I imagine that God does the exact same thing with me, like all the time. I, 
it's almost as if I hear God in, in my head. Hey, did you get some rest today? And I'm like, I did it. <laughs> He's like, you need one. No, no, really, you do. If that's, if that's the way it comes across, you would, like kiddos, they, they can have these meltdowns because they didn't rest or they didn't, you know, have a sandwich. You know, we have these meltdowns too, but, you know, as we grow, we kind of learn how to cover them a little bit, you know, or maybe a little. Um, they just come across differently. But the truth is that just like these, that little girl and just like me and just like you, God has designed us to need rest. Whether I like it or not, whether you like it or not, God's designed us to need rest. Uh, I, as I was looking at some, some stuff on rest, I came across someone who quoted uh, Pastor Matt Chandler uh, about the Sabbath and about the need for rest. And, and he talks about, this is not in the Bible, okay? Just want to be clear. He talks about that, that, um, that people who, uh, who work with their minds or work with their mouths often need to rest with their hands. They need to be doing something to really feel rested. And as I heard that, I immediately thought of fly fishing for me. You know, I'm standing in the middle of a river all day long, just, you know, waving a stick around, but I feel rested. That seems crazy, but, you know. He also says that for people who work with their hands a lot, or their work is physical, that for oftentimes what they need for rest is they need to, uh, to rest from their activity and rest with their minds, that, that they're activating their minds helps them to be restful. Uh, I, watched a, I watched a little video of a, of a guy who's just like picking up concrete blocks and moving them from one place to another. And on the back of his, his gloves, he talks about the fact that his wife, he was a pastor, and his wife gave him custom-made work gloves. Heidi, I do not want these. <laughs> Just to be clear. His wife made him custom-made work gloves, and on the back of the gloves, it said Sabbath rest. You see, he does so much work up here and in here that he, he talked about the fact that just the activity of putting on those gloves that his wife lovingly you know, got for him and him just the activity of moving concrete landscape blocks from over here to over there, he said this was the most rested he felt all week. Again, not in the Bible, but does that ring true for you as you think about like your cycles of rest? That sometimes if, you're, if all of your work is physical, that really we need to engage our brains and our hearts, <coughs> listening to music, reading a book, thinking, pondering on God's word. You know, and for those who are working with their, their minds a lot and you know, staring blindly into that screen, often need to, to work with their hands to do something. As I think about rest, all right, I'm gonna be careful. I went late, I went long over in New Prague. The benefit of being on the online campus or the Lasur campus is I could be like, that was too long over there. I gotta find something to cut. <laughs> so, 
there you are. There's another blessing. Uh, As I think about rest, I think about this passage in Hebrews, and, uh, and it's a little long, so hang with me, okay? Um, it's in Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 7. And it says, therefore the Holy Spirit says, I love how the Bible does that, because what the, what the author of Hebrews is saying is that he is about to quote nine, uh, Psalm 95, which is what we had uh, for our call to, call to worship. But he, when he quotes Psalm 95, he didn't say, hey, this is what David said. This is what the Holy Spirit says. So when the Bible quotes the Bible, it says it's the word of the Holy Spirit. That's a great reminder for, for us, right? Is that the Holy Spirit is speaking. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil and unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold to our original confidence firm to the end, as it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For those who were heard and yet re- those who heard and yet rebelled, was it not all those who left Egypt, led by Moses, and with whom he was provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed for good uh, <clears throat> to reach it. For good news came to us as to them, but the message they heard didn't benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. We who have believed enter that rest. For as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. That's what we just talked about in Genesis. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter it, and for those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day. Today, saying through David so long afterwards in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Here ends the reading of God's word. So here's what's, here's what's going on here. What, 
what the author of Hebrews, what God's word is talking about when it talks about rest, is he's saying, look, God rested, you know, when he was finished with his work, and, he's, and then he offers that rest to his people. And, and the example that he's using is the example from Exodus, especially in, in chapter 16 and 17, but basically from the whole. Here's what happens in Exodus. God's people were in slavery in Egypt, and they cried out to God, rescue us! God heard them. God sent Moses back in to lead them out. God saved them out of slavery. God saved them from the Egyptian army by telling Moses, hey, strike, strike the water and they're gonna walk through the sea on dry land. And sure enough, God did it. He piled up the water on either side and an entire nation of people walked through. Miracle, yes, absolutely awesome. Did God save them? Did they experience that salvation? Yes. Wow. That God was with them. He, God promised, I will be with you every step of the way. He led them with a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud during the day, and he was with them. Not only that, but God provided for them. God gave them food every day. This stuff, this little white flaky stuff on the ground. And they said, what is it? And what is it means manna, bread from heaven that tastes like honey. That sounds good. And so every day they got to collect food that God provided for them. And then, then they complained. And then God sent quail because who doesn't like a nice quail sandwich? Or quail kebabs. Really good. Anyways, I'm getting, I might be hungry. <laughs> Sandwiches later. That's right. I, you know, and God provided for them. And, and yet still they complained. They went a little further sudden they're running out of water and guess what they complained again and God said fine I'll give you some water and God caused water to come out of a rock that could water an entire just, just satiate the thirst of an entire nation of people every step of the way God was leading them providing for them caring them saving them loving them and they still complained and I think of it and I'm like, man, that's just like me. So sure enough, God was leading them towards the promised land. Because he had promised them a land where they could enter his rest. And they got right up to the river and they didn't believe God, they rejected his blessing. They had that spies that went in, and only two spies says, yes, we can do this. God will do this. And God's people rejected God's promise, rejected God's rest. And so God told them, take a lap. <laughs> Just like track practice. <laughs> take a lap. And they did. They taught, took a lap through the wilderness for 40 years. And then, and then Joshua led them in. Moses couldn't. And they conquered that land. And they rested from their work. And, and God says, hey, just like that, you need rest too. Because the rest that God is offering is rest in Christ Jesus. 
Check this out in Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. Reading in Jesus' name. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, remember? God's day of rest, right? And he, his disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. And, but when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath. Hey, no picking grain. He said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? This is another story and you don't want me adding that into the sermon today, I'm just saying. How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who are with him, but only for the priests. I'll tell you about it another time. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something is great, something greater than the temple is here. That's Jesus. He's greater. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man, that's Jesus, is Lord of the Sabbath. The Son of Man, Jesus Christ, is Lord of rest. Yes, that very same Jesus who died on the cross, and as he said on the cross, the last words he said were, it is finished, because he was finished finished with all of his work, finished dying on the cross, finished taking all of the sins from humanity and dying for them, it is finished. And all of his work was finished and then he gave up his spirit. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of rest. And we enter into that rest by ceasing from our work. Now it's easy for us, although not easy, that's a lie. It's easier for us to see rest physically. Grab a sandwich, go home after the meeting, go <laughs> and put your feet up. Physical rest. But the rest, the, the essential rest that God was modeling, that Jesus is giving, is spiritual rest. It's this rest that we enter into by grace through faith. When we are believing in Jesus Christ and his finished work for us, we enter into his rest. Now, if we go back to God and say, all right, there's a little more work that needs to be done around here. You know, like, I need to be working on myself a little bit. I need to, I need to be, you know, I need to be gooder. Yes, I just made up the word. I need to be gooder. If I'm not gooder, how am I going to be good enough for you? That right there is rejection of rest. You see, Jesus Christ is already the goodest. I know, it's terrible. He's already the goodest. He's already the good one, and he has given that goodness to us. We call it righteousness. And so if he has given us his righteousness, if he has given us his forgiveness, that spiritually what he's called us into is to rest 
in His finished work. God's work for you is finished. Did you hear that? God's work for you is finished. Rest in that. Sit in that. Take the day. Rest in what God has done for you. You might, partway through, start to get a little antsy, like I did yesterday. Just took a little bit of time to like lay down, and I was like, oh, this is the most relaxed I've been all day. That lasted five minutes. <laughs> like, done! <laughs> my eyes snapped open. My mind just kind of like spooled into action. Like, oh, we're ready to go. I rested for five whole minutes. God rested from his work. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we get to rest from ours. Doesn't mean do, do nothing. It just means to rest in him and his promises, to rest in him and his salvation, to rest in him and the grace that he gives us. Rest in that. Your position as children of God isn't dependent upon how good you are or how much you've done. Your relationship to God is 100% dependent upon his finished work for you. Rest in that. And it's hard. It is. It's hard. But God himself has designed us to need rest. Whether I like it or not. Enter into that rest. Just enter into God's rest. We enter in by believing in him. Think about that. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord of rest. He is in charge. And he gives it to you. Hebrews 4. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered into God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Lay your good works down at the foot of the cross and recognize that God has done every good work for you and give you this rest. I'm gonna, I'm, so that's what a sabbatical is. It's a time of rest. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna do anything for, for a few months, but I am asking God to teach me how to rest. There's a lot of things that won't change around here, but I do wanna, I do, do wanna put that out for you guys too. There will be a few extra activities that we're not gonna do because I, we want this congregation to learn some rest. We're still gonna, have, still gonna have worship on Sundays and, and, and different people will speak and Pastor Nick will you know, be preaching and, and a few other people. And, and, and so, you know, like, but we're gonna enter into rest. 
And I'm, I'm asking God to teach me how to rest because I'm not good at it. But I recognize through God's word that this is exactly what God has designed us for. He's designed us to need rest. So, are you believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and the Savior? If you are, you've entered his rest. Okay? Rest in his work for you. Just kind of snuggle in there a little bit, you know, like Joanna is to, to Jared. That's a perfect example of just rest right there. Enter in to God's rest and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for giving us rest, designing us for rest, and, and modeling rest for us. Uh, we confess to you, I confess to you, Lord, that I'm just not that good at it. I confess to you, Lord, that we need this. We need this rest. That the, that the spiritual rest that you give us, that we you just absolutely trust in, the resting in your salvation, resting in your forgiveness, resting in you supplying all of our needs. Lord, we believe you. Help us to rest in you and your finished work for us. Lord, we confess to you that you sinned against you by relying on ourselves and doing it all ourselves and trying to be good enough ourselves. But we come to you, Lord Jesus, and we hear you say it is finished, and we believe you. Help us to rest in you. Give us rest from our work, the work of trying to be good enough for each other and for you. We trust that as we rest in you, that you will transform our lives that you, we believe you, you are making us more like your son, Jesus Christ. You are setting us apart. You are making us holy. You are giving us rest. And it's in your name that we pray. So we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your finished work on the cross. And we pray, Lord God, that you would Call us into your rest. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.